Yeah, I'm Foy, Foy Vance, um, from Bangor, Northern Ireland. Uh, is this a good place to announce my alcoholism or not? I don't know how to, I don't know how to start this. I'm not going to talk you out of anything here. <laughs> <laughs> And just like that, another episode of Introducing. How you going? It's Tim here. And let me introduce you to Ireland's own Foy Vance. He's just wrapped up a few shows here in Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Just did Sydney last night. And um, he's out here chatting about the anniversary edition of his masterpiece, Guiding Light, which came out about 10 years ago. But now it features extra pizzazz. Ed Sheeran, Elton John and Keith Urban are that pizzazz. And it's out now on Gingerbread Man Records, Ed Sheeran's record company. He was the second signing to that record company. And Ed Sheeran really has played a huge part in in Foy's career because he really didn't like collaborating. Um, He'll talk about why. Um, But now he's worked with the likes of Alicia Keys through to Casey Musgraves, Plant B, Rudimental, of course, Ed, Elton and Keith Urban, just to name a few. He's a very funny bloke. Um, we cover all the bases, right? We talk about favourite colours, favourite numbers, and also the saying, back home, we go for the cousin, which I don't think ever was a saying until now. He didn't start singing or songwriting until the passing of his father in his uh, mid-twenties, so he'll talk us through that, and we're very thankful that he has. He's also very, very funny, so please sit back and enjoy my chat with Foy Vance. Lift the room. Push Welcome, welcome, and it's very sticky. Yeah. What, what happened this summer? I don't know. Look out there. That's just like, what would you even call that? I don't know. Grey? Yeah. Uh, listen, it's lovely. <laughs> it's nice. I had a swim in the pool this morning, uh, but got out and was kind of freezing. I was thinking, I thought this was meant to be your summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been summer here for three years, though. It's just like oh, the yeah. same temperature all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of the pool, is that a thing... In Ireland, because someone told me this the other day, and I don't know if this is true. Every suburb in Australia pretty much has an Olympic-sized swimming pool. As like the council have an Olympic-sized mm-hmm. swimming pool, like the public can use. Mm-hmm. Is it true that Ireland's only just gotten its first Olympic-sized public swimming pool? I don't think that's true. Didn't I mean, Olymp- so. Olympic si- is it Olympic-sized fifty meters long? Yeah, fifty meters. That could be true. Then we all, all, all most of the pools that I've been in growing up, I swam a lot growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, it was twenty-five meters. Okay, there so you go. Maybe, maybe, maybe that could be true. Actually, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just a cool little story I like telling you. But then, you know, since you're Irish yourself, I didn't want to start. <laughs> oh, listen, just tell them who cares. <laughs> who cares about truth in, a, in an age like this? Yeah, my goodness. Well, we're just talking about this because, like, right, like, we're surrounded by cameras in here, mm-hmm. and um, and obviously you, you've got you've got millions and millions of cameras of, in my uh, house. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you're, but obviously, video is such an important part of what we both do now for a living. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, your, some of your videos are fantastic, and they've got you know five six million views. Where do you sit on that? Uh, on being filmed at all times, you know, like it's one thing to release an album now, but now you have to walk down the street doing an Instagram story about yourself and where you get your coffee from and all that stuff. Yeah, do you know what? Oh, well, it's just kind of like we were saying before we got on air there, you know, it's something lost and something gained and all that, you know. Um, I, I like to try as much as possible and keep uh, myself to myself, you know what I mean? There needs to be a bit of mystery, there needs to be, um, a bit of something going on behind the curtain that people don't get to see, but I also appreciate that we live in an age where people want the, like the process of all this is is almost as important to them as the, you know, like what the process produces. Mm. Uh, and I get that. 
Um, I get that. Well, I guess you know what you know what I don't. I'm not a huge fan of, and I've stopped saying anything about it. It shows, but like people watching the show through their phone. Oh yeah. I used to kind of. I used to make a thing of it. Say like, put your phone away. Like, be here, be present. And I, I don't anymore because I, you know. <laughs> Um, what I, I'm guilty of, I like to get something first so I know I've got it. Yeah. And then I put it away so yeah. I can enjoy myself because I know I've got something. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, like to, to kind of, I guess, to take a picture. Yeah. Uh, and go, you know, here, here's a here's a picture of the show I was at and tell people about it or whatever. That's great because that's, you know, word of mouth promoting on your behalf. That's, that, that's cool. What I'm talking about are the people that get there early, get to the front row and then spend the whole show like you know, I'm here and they're <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. looking at their phone, and, yeah. and I'm thinking, I can't help but feel that's detracting from your experience. Of, you know, it's like you're not actually fully immersed in what's going on here. Do you think that the excitement comes from telling people they're at your show versus actually being at it now? Though it feels like they people are like, oh, guess where I was two nights ago, and they go, they yeah. show people, yeah, so they want to get the gratification for being at your show through telling other people that they were there and like suck shit you missed out kind of thing suck shit <laughs> look where I was <laughs> but do you think they even show people I mean I'm, I'm trying to think has anyone I don't think anyone has <laughs> ever got their phone out and gone here look at this gig I was at the other night I, that has never happened to me no true same, and I, same like, here so I think they, it's it's there and then it's on their phone and then they look at it and go look I was semi there the other night <laughs> and now I'm semi there again I'm never 100% anywhere yeah right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, it's it's that's an that's an oddity like having like I could buy a house. I mean, if I had the money, mm. obviously. But like, yeah, that's in, that's in everyone's pocket. Yeah, just lift it out, get yeah. on to whatever you know. Buy a hi fi, get a t shirt <laughs> with like as you're walking down the road. It's there. It's a weird. We live in this. We live in strange times. Well, I was at a party we? the other day, and I, I was in a photo with a, a couple of people, and then I looked back at the photo, and I really liked the sunglasses that this guy had on that I didn't even know. So in the Uber home, I screenshotted the sunglasses, put it into Google. Stop. They were like 150 bucks. I bought them, and two days later, I had them. Stop. <laughs> I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to ask the guy. Hey, where'd you get your sunglasses? <laughs> I just took a photo from his face. Wow. <laughs> Wow. But then you can see for radio and what we do, it means that now you've got a radio in your pocket as well. So I'm kind of, I'm off with that. And then watching through, like I've got young kids, they are consuming their music through YouTube. So they're not even Spotify and, and iTunes. They're what they're going to YouTube yeah. to find music. I think we're all visually just, kind of stimulated. I, 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 I'm as much into YouTube as, I guess when I'm home, I just put records on or whatever. But I do like to go down and see, you know, see people playing uh Live. I like to watch live performances on yeah. YouTube. I'm really into that. Yeah, yeah but like well filmed ones, oh, not, not yeah. some, not some dark and a flipping show. Go on, you no. know, like, no, no, well filmed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, tell us about Guiding Light because you're you're here promoting the year. Well, not promoting, but we're, we're celebrating the anniversary. I want I want to go before we talk about the anniversary and how star started. It is take me back to ten years ago when you actually wrote the song itself and and, and what it means to you. Do you know what? Without putting too fine a point on it. Um, yeah, I was a, I was a bit of a, at a bit of a loose end. I, I think it's fair to say, feeling a bit lost, a bit disenfranchised with uh, a lot of things in my personal life and my private life, but also a lot of things about uh, the business I, I, I'm in. And um, you know, I'm not here to bitch about it. It is what it is. It, it, it's always been what it's always been. It will always be that. You know, it's like. 
I guess it's just, you know, coming from the angle that I was coming from, I guess I had uh, rose-tinted glasses, for the want of a better term, um, you know, looking at it as a purist and wanting it to be one way and realizing it's not. And I felt pretty disenfranchised and I didn't want to jump through the hoops that I, that, uh, you know, were set out for me to jump through to get where I would want to get to or whatever. And I was feeling lost and that, and that made me have a real sense of what nothing's worth doing. Nothing's worth doing. Like I'm just going to make money, pay the bills, get the kid through school yeah, and make as much music as I can I, you know what, what? what is this all about um, and that song came along and yeah, I, I guess that was the, it reminded me that yeah that's what it's all about it's the pursuit of creating something new something that didn't exist writing a song that you, you wish you could hear you know what I mean like uncovering something new creation when you started, were you making things for other people, or were you in terms of what you think or you thought they wanted to hear, or were you always making stuff for yourself and then getting disenfranchised from the fact that it wasn't going where you wanted it to go? I was always making music for myself. No, I didn't write with anyone else at that at that point. By the yeah. time I'd written that song, I wasn't writing songs with anyone else. Um, I'd been asked a lot, you know. Uh, I remember this guy. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to out him. But you know, he, he you know, he's. A, like a big songwriter or whatever and he Pharrell Williams no no no, no. I met him in, this, in America somewhere and he was like hey we should write you know next time you come back through town and and I said why <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and he laughed you know he was like oh you cheeky little Irishman and I laughed too I was like yeah thinking what are we laughing at I, I, I genuinely did I was thinking well, I don't understand why we would do that uh, why yeah and it's like the American has never heard that before yeah should be yes honey kiss <laughs> yeah. him on the cheek why we would do that I was going I don't understand why we would do that <laughs> Uh, what do you mean, like to make money or something, or like we're pitching for, we're fishing for money, or we're trying to get a hit, or what do you like? To me, that wasn't me. What my my birth into writing songs was like to make a very long story very short, instigated by the death of my father. Right, his passing was the day and hour that songs began. He was he was a church singer. Is that correct? Uh, he, was he, was a, he was a pastor. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, not, he sing, did he sing in church? No. Yeah, he, was oh, he a, did. Oh, he's a fine singer. Yeah, yeah great singer, uh, great guitar player. Um, yeah. So, like, but for me, songwriting was one hundred percent catharsis. It was, um, yeah, it was not a commodity. Yeah, it was not something that you could wear. It, you know, it was. Uh, you weren't looking for the Foy Vans feet. And then an artist, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or you be the feet, you know what I mean? I was Featuring. just looking to uh, unpick all this uh, shit that was going on within me that I, you know, there was no other way of articulating it other than song. Um, yeah, you're using it as a therapy, were you? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. What age were you when you, your father passed away? Twenty four. Okay. Yeah. So, w was there something else in you before that? Were you going to be a doctor? Were you a vet? No. Were you always going to be a, a mechanic? <laughs> no. Good lord! Can you imagine a me publican? A hospital? Uh, a publican? Big. No, I'd have made a terrible one of them. That pub would have gone under in about a month. Yeah. Uh, no. I listen. I was trying to write songs. I was in the music, and I was just doing cover gigs and whatever. And I liked the idea of uh, creating my own work and releasing it and exhibiting it. Uh, if you like um, but it's just up until the death of my father all the songs were borrowed knowledge you know what I mean it was just like 
pseudo philosophical horseshit, you know, from some kid that had never really experienced anything or anything I did experience. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a, a like a, a real deep tie to it or whatever. Um, my father's passing woke me up, you know, ripped the curtain, so to speak. Um, Do you think because of that, songs to you should be autobiographical, or should, or does it matter? Does it not really matter? I don't think it matters. I mean, I know that for the first six months to a year. Um, everything I wrote was very autobiographical. It was very much uh, like picking at the the scab, um, you know. But I think that was that was part of the process. It wasn't, I guess, until I started really writing with other people, which didn't happen until I was about thirty eight, um, that I started to explore. Who <laughs> um, was the first person you let um, come into your world of writing? Ed Sheeran. Heard of him. Yeah, and I, I didn't even mean to. Uh, he had asked me to go on tour with him. Um, he had re- he'd reached out. <laughs> he's another one that reached out about writing together. He sent me a team and something else on an email. He got an email from a mutual friend of ours. And he said, you know, we should write. And I got back to him going, these songs are great, dude. Like, really strong. But I don't know what I... I mean, I don't know why we would write, and I don't know what I could even bring to the table. It's a bit more polite than just why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so You've gotten, you gotten better at responding. Yeah, I, I've learned a bit of decorum by that point. Uh, <laughs> why, you piece of shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I genuinely didn't know. I was like, well, these are great, but this is a vernacular that I don't have access to, or it's not... You know what I mean? What what would I add to your repertoire? I don't... I have no idea. Um but we kept in touch through that, uh, and he invited me on the tour. And um, actually, all hell broke loose. I broke up with my first wife, and was with, to cut a long story short again. It was me. we're here for long stories, by the way. This is a podcast, so you know. I know, but these are too long. <laughs> okay. but, you know what I mean? Let, let's cover a lot as much ground as we <laughs> okay, can. Nice, here. nice. Uh, I had a, a nine-year-old girl at the time who who was stayed with me. Um, um, was uh, under, under my charge and I was going to have to cancel that tour uh, I called Ed up and said look I may not be able to do this tour and I was very excited to be asked on a bona fide pop stars tour like that's never going to happen um, but I may have to I may have to buy out because I've, I've got to look after Ella and he said bring her bring her we got a bed on the bus she can you know she can uh, that's fine amazing yeah so we went on tour with him and I guess that that opened me up to Ed and in, in, in ways beyond just sort of mutual respect of a of a contemporary or a kid that's coming up um was like on a personal level I was very open to him and we were just jamming one night in the kitchen and I just thought I was sort of suggesting things as he was writing. I would suggest the odd thing and then going, here, what if it went here instead of there? And and then whatever it was, a couple of months later, he was like, that song's been released. And I'd forgotten about it. I was going, what song? And and what did I do on it? And he said, yeah, we co-wrote it. I was going, did we? <laughs> I don't, did we? I thought I was just listening to you write. And, kind of, and he said, yeah, that was co-writing. And, Oh wow! Oh, so it's not emailing back and forth and going like this is a proper. It, feel, it felt like just something really natural. We were in a room. Yeah, we, yeah, we were yeah. on tour and we were backstage after the tour and he was he had this thing and I was going oh what if it said November instead of January I don't know what you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever it was, uh, um, and then and yeah and then, and then I kind of realised oh wow I've been avoiding this co-writing thing because it felt uh, 
like to to get involved and it would have felt mercenary or would have sullied a pure water type thing. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like, I don't want to, Yeah. That's yucky. I don't want to do that. And you don't want to compromise, I'm assuming. Yeah. Either. yeah. Realize, if you uh, want to put January instead of November, you should put bloody January. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I realized that it's, uh, it was just another, um, like another facet to the, to the nature of, of making music it was like oh yeah okay when I make music for me it comes this way and I, you know and I need stillness I need silence I need alone time and all but the way other people make music it is a collaboration and it, and it felt then I started to really get into it it's like oh wow I can do the same thing like messing around with music but with someone else's vernacular and try and get under their skin and like okay well how would you say this and I would never say that that way but how yeah yeah, I guess it just kicked the doors open and I started to really enjoy writing with others, actually. It feels to me like music's never been more collaborative now, like especially songs right. that I play on the radio. I think there's like sometimes four artists lined up on a, on yeah. a track. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but, but I think that kind of feels like it's, it's a much bigger... It's, a, it's always been a community, but again, it's more so... It's more than just people locking themselves away in a hotel room for six months and then yeah. here's my album, go play it. Yeah. yeah, who who have you met along the way? Where you've you've kind of have have apart from Ed? I mean, well let's well let's talk about the the anniversary edition because you've got Elton John, mm-hmm. Australia's own Keith Urban. Mm-hmm. Is Ella on this as well, or did your daughter sing on another song with you? Uh, no, she sang on my first album. Oh, that's uh, right. Is she on this? I don't know. She might be singing in the background. She might be in one. the background yeah. somewhere. Well, well tell, tell us about that because I, I did uh, I saw your video um, for the anniversary edition on YouTube and. Keith Urban talking about riding around the streets of London on a bike, mm-hmm. listening to you, and you stopped him in his tracks. You actually stopped him in his tracks. Yeah. Um, how do you know, how, how do you know Keith? Uh, through Ed. Yeah. Okay. Um, most roads lead to Ed, or at least through him, <laughs> with, with, rega- with regards to people like him. Well, it used yeah. to be six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It should be now just six degrees of oh, Ed yeah. Sheeran. Now. Two, degrees, two degrees. Two yeah. degrees of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Uh, anyone he would get in, in, in the company of, he would play them my stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I met Elton and Keith through through Ed. He just played Keith some songs one day, and then Keith got went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's quite the character. Yeah, Keithy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Keithy, is that what he's doing? Well, I don't know. He's yeah. like, I mean, he's like royalty in the States, but I guess out here is like, you know, celestial. Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. I saw this video of him. He was at a showcase. He would have been like 19 in LA walking around a pool of record company executives. Like, not a pool of them, but they were yeah. around a pool. Yeah. And him just pl- playing the acoustic guitar, like I've just never seen anything like it wow. before. Like really hustling. Like he, he's a like we've yeah. always looked back and gone because because he kind of became mega in America, and we sat back yeah. going, "That's that guy, really? Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> hundred thousand people in Denver." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, we do we do have a huge amount of respect for Keith, but I, I still don't think we get it because we've just kind of he went over and just mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's just a bloke, eh? Yeah. He's got the, like he's not lost any of that. No. Uh, yeah. Elton John singing your words. What did that feel Dude, like? Dude, that's the that's <laughs> that's kind of the weirdest one. If I'm being honest, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I can't hear him coming in in that second verse without a, a spontaneous smile breaking out inwardly and outwardly. Um, I've just been such a fan of of Elton and. And I think most people are. Here, here's something that I, I realised when I first toured with Elton and first uh, went in the road with him. It was in Australia, actually. Um, 
and I would always, if I'm, you know, open them for anyone, I'd go out and listen to. I'd like to see the walk on, how they come on, and how they go off. They're the two moments of the night that I really like to see. Yeah. Um, and I went out to see him come on, and I didn't leave until he went off. I just stood transfixed. Uh, forgot to go backstage and pack all my stuff up and get ready to get into the car and leave and go where I needed to go because I was just I was like oh wow that's the soundtrack to me when I was you know turning 13 that's the soundtrack when I was like 23 and getting married that's the soundtrack when I was in my 30s like he's a even if like he there were songs in there that I'd forgotten he'd written type thing you know what I mean it's yeah. like uh well, yeah, I grew up this thing. The first ex- experience I got of Elton was like the Nikita stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like with the little uh, the Fez hat yeah, on and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. I had to go back and realize there was some cool stuff before oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was my introduction. I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I guess he can, he can be reduced to, you know, can you feel the love yeah. tonight, which yeah. is a great song. but Kings and Vagabonds. Yeah, like. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like when you watch a whole show beginning to end and see the, the kind of, the lifespan of it, mm-hmm. it's remarkable. Uh, he's remarkable. Um, and yeah, he's a, a great human being too. Um, I, I reached out to him God's honest truth. I reached out to all three of them, and I didn't expect all three of them to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, shit, we're gonna do this now. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? like, oh fuck. Okay, right. Uh, all right, then uh, we'll squeeze this in. Um, but yeah, he he was uh, like without putting too fine a point on it. All three of those people have been guiding lights to me in one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they've lit a path at some point in my life that. Uh, was pertinent um, and important. So it wasn't just let's get heavy hitters because, you know, the, you mean, obviously, the, the label and my manager love that. Of They're course. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Don't get heavy hitters if you don't want to. Please get heavy hitters. You know what I mean? <laughs> but for me, I get it. I like, I like want to, I want to, I want to, like, okay, we can tick that box for sure, but I can't do it unless there's genuine meaning. Like, uh, you know what I mean? We can't just have someone on there just because they've got a name or because they, they have to have represented something, which is why I single those uh, folks out. And Do that surprise you when you hear that, that people like that are, were listening to you anyway before you even asked them? They knew who you were and, and knew some of your songs. Is that still kind of a crazy part of what you do? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, although it's kind of... I guess it, I mean, it shouldn't be because obviously you play. Me no, anymore, it doesn't surprise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is like, what's who's the most surprising person that found you found out they were a fan of you? That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Ke- Kelly Slater, the surfer. Yeah, the surfer. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I find I find that out. Uh, like an Irish Jack Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that as a compliment, yeah, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, I'll take it as I see it. Uh, yeah, in a sauna, chatting to this uh, this woman that used to, I can't remember what she is, PA or something. And we were chatting about him and she just dropped it in. Oh, yeah, he's a huge fan of you. And then carried on talking. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, what? Kelly Slater? The, uh, That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. You must have a, a long list of people who want to work with you now, though, because as you said, you, you put heavy hitters on the album, and, and you've got you've got Ed Sheeran in your pocket. You, you're on Gingerbread Man Records. Mm-hmm. Um, is there someone? I mean, I don't have to mention names, but are you finding that that's kind of 
what's happening now? The people wanting to work with you, or are you? Oh yeah, they're all yeah they're yeah. Me they're lining up. Yeah yeah yeah. I just don't have the time. Of course, I get it. I get it. Yeah yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not, not that I know of. They're not. They're not. Because well, I've, I've seen you got Alicia Keys, Plan B. Mm. You got Casey Musgraves. You got Rudimental as well. Mm. Again, we're, we're talking people who aren't your genre of music mm. anymore. You're almost genre bending. What is genre? Oh, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's like. I mean, I, I think genre is like a... That's a selling tool, really. Yeah. Well, I feel that now. I find that the hardest question ever to answer is, like, who's your favourite band? You know, what's your favourite song? Because I don't think anyone has that anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe you did when I was 12, because you knew four things. Yeah, and you had your best mate. No, <laughs> yeah. that's my one That's my best, best mate. mate. That's my favourite movie. That's my favourite yeah, band and yeah. everything else. And what's your favourite colour? <laughs> you know, and my favourite number is three. <laughs> well, green and eight for me, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> How have the shows been out here, though? I that's true. It is, actually. <laughs> I like sometimes like two, but no, it's mainly eight. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I'm some more of a three and seven guy. Yeah, okay. So odds and evens, I get it. I can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound like odd. Um, how are the crowds? You, you played Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane on this trip. Um, how, how do you like playing playing to us Australians? Love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Last night. Uh, well, not last night as people are hearing this, but oh, last night for me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been warned about that. Uh, like the Sydney, the Sydney crowd. I don't remember the Sydney audience being as singy. Oh yeah, okay. Well, they were singing their hearts out last night. Like really, kind of took me by surprise. They sang pretty much every word of the song "Burden." Um, yeah, I just came out of nowhere. Uh, I think we're all really, still really happy to be out as well. Like you know, it's not about it's not. Yeah. We're, we're at every show where I don't I don't necessarily remember. Us being... Oh, so it wasn't unique to me. It wasn't, it wasn't that special a moment then. Is that what you're saying, Tim? That's not Thanks, what I'm... dude. <laughs> I, it was I think that's why people tune into your show as well. It's just like another thing that's on. It's not really unique or anything. That's not what I mean. I meant mainly because mainly if Sydney were pretty up, but we we used to be pretty up ourselves here, and and now we're really we're we're letting it all hang out. Right. Maybe instead of there would have been a special moment inside us. Okay. <laughs> oh no, let's go back to favorite numbers. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So where was where did it all start with the number three for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was uh, one of four boys, and I thought there should be one less of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Tell me about growing up and the music and you might have been listening to at home. Was it all? Was it all church? Was it all? Was it a complete, uh, complete mix bag? What, what yeah. were you? What were you into? Who were your favourite bands? I will ask that. Who were your favourite bands when you, you were know a what? kid? It was such a mixed bag. I think that's where my um, my thoughts on genre being a something you can decide to buy into or not comes from. Because like, uh, I mean. The brother next to me, Paul, who you remind me of, actually, weirdly. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you've got the same eyes. Uh, yeah. Is that a good thing? Yeah, oh, oh, no, he, yeah he's not the one that I wanted to be gone. Uh, uh, although sometimes, you know, uh, he was into, like, uh, ska and punk. You know, so there's a lot of exploited, the damned, the sex pistols, yeah. the dead Kennedys, uh, um, B-specials, uh my brother Colin, the next one up to him, he was into like trucker music, Chris Christopherson, you know, like oh, yeah. uh, old eight tracks and stuff, but also like the jam and the who and that whole mod scene. Yeah. 
Easton, the eldest brother, he was an he was an avid collector of everything. So he had everything from Meatloaf to Michael Jackson and everything in between. Oh. Just like, uh, yeah, he loved his vinyl. Um, and my mom was into like crooner fifties, sixties stuff. My dad was into American folk and gospel, a lot of gospel, Amelia yeah. Jackson and that kind of thing, and uh, and just church music. Then obviously was thrown into that. Yeah. I grew up and my dad was a Church of Christ minister, so there was no musical instruments. It was all just voices. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is, it all sounded like music to me. You know what I mean? There were there were punk songs that I liked and that I didn't, and folk songs that I liked and that I didn't. Yeah. Ones that felt truer, ones that felt a bit you know kind of contrived or whatever um, yeah not that i would have known it to be that at the time but you know uh and i think my first proper love of like this person is amazing was michael jackson yeah yeah i think that was the first yeah we'd never seen anything like that before. yeah yeah i was <laughs> like what is this <laughs> uh yeah that was the first uh tape i ever bought actually was like um I was on summer vacation uh, with my, my dad. It was like a church thing, I think. We were down in Limerick in, in Ireland. And um, this girl, Nicola Lavery, I fell in love with her. I don't know whatever, whatever happened between her and I. We I always remember the last name of the person that we first, we, yeah, the full yeah, name, right. Danielle Jepson over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see? I don't know where she is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in true Irish form, I think Nicola was my cousin, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So you can get her number easy. I can get her number back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I bought, it was like a... Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, boy. We're with you, buddy. Love is blind. You got to start somewhere, you, you gotta know? You got to start somewhere. It's like some people kiss their arm. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. I mean? Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. no. Back home, we just go for the cousin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I bought a That'll tape. That'll be the prime over this, by the way. Back home, we go for the cousin. Yeah, Boy bands. Yeah. <laughs> Make a good t-shirt. <clears throat> yeah, I remember buying that tape. Uh, I think it was a compilation tape and it had Farewell My Summer Love on it and I just kept making my dad rewind it and play that again. Rewind! Uh, yeah, I fell in love with Michael Jackson. He was the, f the first one. But what about the boys in, in your family, though? Any other? Are they musical now, or are you the only one that's taken it to the next step? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the only one. And your yeah. daughter Ella, who's appeared on some of your, your tracks before, and obviously toured with you and Ed Sheeran. Mm -hmm. Does she have signs of jumping in in your father's footsteps? In her father's footsteps? Uh, yeah, yes and no. She's kind of like she does a lot of production. Um, she like makes a lot of beats and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and actually. I wrote a song based on one of the beats she made with Noah Khan. Oh yeah, uh, it's it hasn't been released yet. So she get yeah she does uh, she works along in the background, but she's not uh, she's not, <laughs> she's not as um, she doesn't desire attention in the same way as I did. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, okay, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, but she she likes making beats and stuff. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Um, before we let you go, we like to uh, we ask you who you'd like to introduce us to. Who are you listening to that you think everybody else should hear this artist, this person? It could it could be old. It could be something that you mm -hmm. just like. I can't get enough of this at the moment, and it's you know forty years old, or it could be brand new. Uh, do you know what I, my go to for this question is? A guy called Peter J. McCauley. Okay. Um, I mean anything by him. Uh, is incredible but his his most recent release is a record called Amnesty and from top to bottom 
it's just an incredible piece of work. Every time I listen to it, I feel like it takes me apart and puts puts me back together with all those bits that didn't really fit in the first place left out. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you feel better after that record. One of those albums beyond music, which yeah. which is what we really get into this for, isn't it? It's like, yeah. It's that transcendental quality of this music. It's the bit that you know that can't be worn as a t-shirt. Yeah. It can't be. It's that that thing that it does to you, where it fixes you somehow. You know, it's your go-to. He does that for me. Well, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for coming in and, and spending some time with us. I feel that we should have a beer with us next time we catch up because uh, there's a lot more in it, I think. But yeah. um, enjoy uh, the rest of your time here, and um, yeah, we'll chat to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you again. <laughs> <laughs>